0: You are listening to the Mindset Forge podcast. I'm Barton Bryan, your host. Guess what? This is the end of season four. I'm taking a little pause here. I've got my show coming up, got a lot of things happening in April. And so taking a quick pause. So in doing so, I want to interview my bodybuilding coach, named Chad Hitchcock. And uh cool thing about Chad is he's not just a bodybuilding coach, obviously he's a bodybuilder too but he's also a football player and currently playing for a professional football team in South Carolina. Uh, so he'll talk about that. He's going to talk about all about what he's up to, but specifically how he's been helping me and how he helps other people prep for bodybuilding shows uh, with nutrition, pre- uh, all the things that relate to prepping for bodybuilding. And we'll have a great conversation just about like how it's going, uh, lessons learned, mindset, all those types of things. So Make sure you subscribe, uh, like this, uh, share it if you can. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, obviously, uh, do, you know, click subscribe, do all the things so that you can get more updates, and definitely check out the library. So many great uh, interviews from amazing performing artists to athletes to people in the field of uh, sports, nutrition, all that type of stuff to help you level up and get 1% better each and every week. So without further ado, my conversation with Chad Hitchcock. All right, folks, I've got Chad Hitchcock here. He's a mover and a shaker in Charleston, North Carolina. I'll tell you how I know that. He's in his car right now, literally between training folks, getting from gym to gym. He's got practice, all these things going on. This guy's 40 years old. He is living the true athlete's life. Uh, Chad, how are you doing today?
1: Well, I'm doing great. I'm glad to be on, finally.
0: Yeah, man. This is great. <laughs> so uh, if, if you're watching this on YouTube, you see him in his car. He's got Baby seats in the back there because he's got a couple of kids, all that kind of stuff. This man is always working. Uh, so anyway, we're going to talk a lot about not just him as an athlete because he is a professional football player currently at 40 years old, uh, some of his experience being a college football player and that, that gap between college and now and, and kind of how you're able to be at such a high level right now. But then we're going to go back and we're also going to talk about him and I. He's my nutrition coach and uh, prep coach for my bodybuilding show. So we're gonna dig into that too so it's gonna be a lot of fun today let's get into it Chad take us back uh growing up I mean I think you broke every high school record imaginable in it's in football talk about that time where you were just like I mean just understanding you had something special with uh with the sport of football
1: oh man the good the good old days Uh, yeah, so that was Highland High School, by the way, in Bakersfield, California, so if any of you know where the armpit of California is, that's, that's where I live, uh, no, but it was, it was a great time, uh, loved football, uh, it's funny, though, because growing up, my mom was one of those ones, like, you're not playing tackle because you're too skinny, and you're not gonna do it until you get into high school and you can make your own decisions, and I was like, okay, fine, so I didn't even play tackle football until high school, so, Uh, started as a wide receiver, actually. And then our starting quarterback got injured, one of these stories, right? And then I was a second-string guy, came in, and uh, I ended up winning a game in, like, the last two minutes of the game. And from then on, there was like, okay, Chad, you're a quarterback for the Scotsman from my sophomore year all the way leading through my senior year. Uh, All the records and all that stuff happened my senior year. Um, Most passing yards in a season. Uh, most touchdowns in a season and then also this is a good one most interceptions but I also threw the most passes of any quarterback ever in a single season so you know it weighed itself out we still won it's kind of
0: like Michael Jordan has like and Kobe Bryant have some of them I think they're like leading for most missed shots but they've shot yeah. so many more basketball you know, baskets than everybody else. So it, kind of it
1: was sense. like an absurd number of passes, by the way. But I only threw 11 yeah. interceptions. So if I look at the touchdown to interception ratio, I was right. still on top. You're I was still, still winning. Still. Uh, so, but, okay, it,
0: so at that time, I mean, you obviously had kind of like a later start as a quarterback. But yeah. what, was, what were some things that you noticed about yourself, you know, whether it was mindset, like athleticism, talent, yeah. that you really leaned into that made you successful?
1: Well, I was really lucky. My dad was an Olympic runner, uh, track guy. And so he instilled in me early on, uh, work ethic as far as athleticism goes and and just thinking like an athlete and all of those things. And when you attack something, you do it with all of your heart and all of your passion and focus. Right. So when I went into it, like I knew I had athleticism. So, you know, playing basketball, whatever it was, I was always good at every sport and I was always starting on every team. So I was like, okay, well, I have something here. And, With that being said, I also knew that there was always somebody better because my dad always told me that, too. He goes, listen, there's always going to be somebody that's going to work harder than you and it's going to be bigger than you, faster than you, whatever. And I took that as like, no, they're not, or they're not going to be because I was told you're too skinny, you're too this also. So I had both sides chirping at me, and I was like, I'm going to go after the ladder, and I'm going to choose that I'm going to be the best, the best that I can be, mind you. Uh, And so that was just my focus every single day. I approach practice and whatever. So I always chose myself as like also the the, the leader in the respect that in my mindset, I was like, if I work harder than everyone on the team, the weakest person on my team has got to level up because they got to try and keep up with me because I, although I don't need to work this hard, I'm never going to let them know that I don't need to work this hard. So it just kind of was like a trickle effect and that just kind of happens throughout the team. Right. And so I think with that too, my coaches and everyone else were like okay that's special that's different he's not a prima donna he's trying to do what he needs to to improve himself every day but also bring up the people around him so that was motivation for me too because um, i liked i like seeing others around me level up as well i guess if if that makes sense um but yeah that's that was my mindset through every sport everything i did football especially like i I told you a little while ago before we jumped on here is I was methodical with my, uh, just preparation. I would literally ball up a sock and I would stand in front of my, like it, I had a den with a bathroom. And so like there was a little hallway that went to the bathroom with a giant mirror in it. And I would literally look at my form and throw the sock at different parts of my body until I hit every single one of them 10 times in a row. Exactly how I wanted with perfect form, perfect throwing motion every single time. So I would do that every single night and to the point where my brother was like, dude, you're a psycho. What are you doing? Throwing a sock at a mirror. Like, I was like, I'm trying to get better. And that's what I did. And so it translated over to the field because now I could hit whatever spot I wanted to. So I knew exactly when and where and how it felt to throw to that spot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, I mean, those little things, you know, you hear all these stories about like, you know, tiger woods and his kind of methodical preparation and, and, you know, putting and, and all that type of stuff. Uh, everyone's got to find that everything everyone that is wants to get to a higher level or wants to kind of separate themselves whether you intentionally or intentionally wanted to separate yourself you were by just the work you were doing Uh, talk about like just the fact that I mean as a quarterback you're in a very unique situation probably more even than a point guard a quarterback truly runs the team on the field right and so the the better everybody is the better your team is and so I think there's such a relationship that you have to have as a quarterback in, you know, in your leadership role, talk about that, um, you know, on the field, whether it's, you know, high school or college and, and how that, how that kind of, how you understood that.
1: Yeah. Like for instance, right. So if you're running two twenties, which why people still make football players run two twenties. I will never know. It's like an endurance run, but we were running that till we puked. Right. Well, mm-hmm. My coach was like, Chad, you don't need to run this hard. Uh, you know, you've, you're you're good. And I was like, no. Like, I'm going to run until I puke. Like, I'm going to do the things that everyone else is doing because I'm not special. I want them to know that I'm not special. But I'm out here for them, with them, and we're all together. So that way on the field, lights turn on and we're running out the tunnel. It's the same exact thing. I'm for you, you're for me. No one is leaving this field until we've given every ounce that we possibly have to give. And that would be my halftime speech to the team. Like my coaches wouldn't even need to give a halftime speech because I would grab my offensive linemen first before they could, or I would grab my receivers and we're already working on how to beat the defense, you know, in the game. And that I think either that's an innate thing, not every quarterback probably maybe has a, I don't want to say that they don't, but, um, I know that my coaches trusted me and me a lot in fact, they gave me plays, and they were like, if you don't like it, change it. It was like a Tom Brady type of moment, honestly. A lot of times, it was just like, yeah, I'm seeing this. I don't really like it. Let me change it. And then I'd audible out and do those things. Um, those were fun, and my and my team trusted me to do it. And if I didn't do it, and they said, like, Chad, didn't you see that? Why didn't you audible out of that? You have control of the team. Like, this is my team talking to me, and the coach is like, ignore the coaches. Like, don't even – that was a terrible play call. <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah. But I also told my linemen too, like, hey, if I'm sucking, grab me by the face mask and say, Chat, stop sucking. And that's funny because I literally had that said to me a few times. Uh, but it's just, it's a humbling moment, right? Because I wanted them to know that, again, I'm not on a soapbox. We're on the same level. I'm just out here trying to give you my best. And in return, because I did that on a daily basis, I got their best, whatever that was. Yeah. So that was cool. It was a cool, cool thing to see.
0: Nice. Well, and this, you know, this is so important because it's 19 years later, yeah, you go to the Charleston Pirates professional football team and you get an tr- opportunity to try out. Now, the yeah. first try out, you get, you get COVID and you're like, you know, you can't go, which had to have broken your heart. I mean, oh, oh my God. dude, it's
1: terrible. That's... Terrible.
0: And the, but, but fortunately, they let you come try out a couple of weeks later when you, were, when you were cleared out and, you know, mm-hmm. and didn't have COVID and all that kind of stuff talk about, you know, cause it's, it's really fascinating to me. I mean, I think ever, there's a lot of people who have got great stories from high school and college, even playing football, basketball, whatever, but there are very few people that can do what you did, which is 19 years later to show up on a football field, not having played organized football in, you know, 18, 19 years and be able to deliver a performance, you know, in tryouts over and over and over again, to, to get the coaches to not only hire you, you know, as, as, a, as, a, as one of the quarterbacks, but also offer you other opportunities to, to kind of lead. And so talk about that, that um, the tryout experience and kind of what the coaches were saying and what you found you were able to continue to do.
1: Yeah, so gosh, that was a fun, crazy moment. I want to start with just saying it was funny because I wrote him an email and I was like, hey, I'm 40 just so we're aware. So if you tell me no, we're not hurting my feelings, but I want to give it a try. I think I still got some in the tank. And he's like, oh no, come try out. I guess zero expectations for me either. And that's from him later on. He said, okay, I'm going to let this guy sink his own ship. That's what he thought. Um, <laughs> so I went out there when I was healthy, right? So I went out and uh, uh, the, it's funny because he, the coach, head coach, he couldn't make it out. There was a defensive guy that went out there, but he called me. And he said, listen, over the conversations that we've had and the different things that I've seen from you or heard about you, uh, I want you to run the whole offense while you're out there at this tryout. Call the plays. You're a seasoned guy. You've known what you're talking about. You've coached for a long time, too. So go do it. I was like, oh, geez, okay, zero pressure. So I go out there, and uh, I just was slinging. Slinging the rock, as they say, but it all came back to me. I mean, the preparation was there. My warm-up, everything that I used to do, it was really like they say. And, again, it's cliche, but it's like riding a bike, right? You get on, and, yeah, there might be a rusty rusty throw at first, but once you get loose, you get firing. It just felt natural again. And I zeroed in. I just Honestly, I focused on all the things that I knew that I could control, and uh, I went from there. But I will say another key factor to this, which they really enjoyed, and I'll take this from a leadership side of things is that I went in with this unstoppable confidence in myself in that I knew I could relate to the guys right away. I was going to go and shake everyone's hand, tell them who I was, ask them who they were. And then once we got going, I'm dabbing up everyone, high-fiving, shaking hands, fixing plays, adjusting routes, helping the other quarterback who was also there with his timing and drops and all the things. So, With me having to do that for other people, it leveled me up above the others, you know, and not because I'm doing anything like, you know, maybe like mind blowing, but I think that that experience, the confidence, and like you were talking about earlier, how to rally a team around you, I guess, from a a leadership standpoint, and then getting them to then like give their all and have fun doing it. That's what I saw happening. And that's what they saw happening. And they're like, Oh, we need this dude in our locker room, and so like there's like we need you on the team. They were I was the first one they sent a contract to, of all the guys that I tried out with, and so uh, that was fun to sign that. That was a great Tuesday night. It was a Tuesday night, and I was like 10 o'clock at night, and I signed it, and I couldn't sleep until midnight because I was like, oh my gosh, I'm a pro athlete, uh, lifelong dream came true. So that's it's kind of how that went down.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's fantastic. And, and, you know, 40 for so many people, 40 feels old or feels like, you know, the end of, you know, your young, your youth or something like that. And I, I just feel like it's a, it's such a powerful thing that you were able to kind of like, a, a, you've been so healthy in your life, being a bodybuilder, being somebody who's in the fitness industry, like keeping yourself um, at a place where you didn't have to like, go do some like significant, you know, you know, training for over months to be prepared for that. You could just like go out there and do it. And that's, that's a testament to who you are today too. Uh, talk about the team, Like, uh, you know, obviously the, uh, the, um, what the Charleston pirates, it's a, it's a professional football team within the construct of like kind of the, the various uh, leagues and things like that. Explain how that works, what this team's a part of and how it relates to the NFL.
1: Yeah. So, The Charleston Parts is is a part of a league called the UFL, United Football League. So it's been through a different – it's had different looks throughout the years. It's not the first time it's happened. Uh, This is the newest – this is the third rendition of the league. Um, It previously came in in 2009 to 2012, I think it lasted. It was 11-on-11. There's a lot of, like, retired NFL guys and guys trying to get back to the league. Uh, It didn't go over well. Uh, They only had four teams. To play in the entire league this has 14 teams right now and uh it's changed from 11 on 11 to eight on eight it's now arena style football um but it's outside and so it's high scoring fast paced, 60 yard field 34 and a half yard wide um so it's, it's going to be a lot more fast paced, like i said a lot higher scores big hits uh the walls on the side so i think wwe meets wrestling or meets football uh that's kind of how i'm expecting it to go <laughs> Uh, but as far as it uh, connects to the NFL, so it's like UFL then the USFL XFL are kind of on that same level. It's a spring ball program, but they still get looked and everyone shares film to then go to the NFL. So NFL being obviously the top dog in that and, oh, and Canadian football. So it's like, I think it's like US, U, UFL, USFL and XFL are on the same line. And then you have Canadian and then you have the uh, NFL. So it's like a farm league, but still pro. It's not semi-pro, as they say, but it is. It's a pro football league.
0: No good. What's when's the first game?
1: So the first game is April twenty-second. It's a home game here in Charleston. So feel free, everyone, to buy your plane tickets, fly in. That's twenty-one bucks for a ticket. Boom! Fill up your Saturday night, six p.m.
0: <laughs> there you go. That's fantastic. So you got about a little over a yeah. month to go, uh, and that's and how many how many games are you going to play in the season?
1: There are 14 games, so it literally is every week. So starting oh. April 22nd, it goes through July, and then there's going to be a, a small playoff and a championship, and that that could carry into uh, beginning of August. Right.
0: All right, good. Hey, that's fantastic. Yeah. In the show notes, I'll put some links on like where you can find out more information about uh, the Charleston sure. Pirates and things like that. Uh, but let's talk now about you know you've been a a trainer, uh, you've been a nutrition coach, you, you you're a bodybuilder and a prep coach. So talk about, you know, that part of your life and and just how rewarding it is and and what you love most about it,
1: man. So it's, it's, it's loaded only because personal training is what got me out of a very bad time in my life. So without getting too emotional about it, uh, I went through a really hard time with uh, PTSD. And I crawled out of that by trying to find out what what brought me passion and happiness and ended up being coaching. So I started with coaching first. Uh, Then I met my now wife and she got me to get my personal training certificate uh, when we used to live in California. And because she says, you're so good with people, you love training people, you should do this. And so I was like, why not? Yeah, I'll go do that. So uh, that's how it all began. I started training in California for a sports training company called Impact and also a gym, Mavericks in ventura california uh but then i we moved all the across the country and landed in north carolina charlotte to be exact and that's where i met you uh a few years later because of then camp gladiator came around so that was a huge transition going from like a gym setting sports training specific to then a boot camp style you know functional training um stretching and growing me there well during the the cg years there in charlotte i also got into bodybuilding so that's where that love. so uh, training happened love training love impacting lives it was amazing it made me feel good every single day that was huge but i knew that something was missing inside of myself so remember like that huge gap we talked about about football that was a huge gap and that's what used to bring me joy i was like i still need to compete i'm still a competitor so how do i do that bodybuilding happened so i met a guy named matt cruzano uh, he was my coach for gosh eight years so uh and he is such a genius and he taught me so much about bodybuilding and i learned so much about myself and and just the different modalities and nutrition and all of the things that go into that and the science behind it, the whys and and where do you eat and how and what time of day and all the things how much sleep do i need um all those things i have so it just really inspired me to just keep digging and learning more about that and so mm-hmm. I, I fell in love with bodybuilding. Uh, now granted everyone, I am not like a pro, but uh, I did compete in NPC quite a few times. I got second. It's not first it's second, uh, but uh, it was fun. So men's physique, it was good times. Um, then, you know, we, me and you started talking about it a little bit a few years ago. we're getting you, you know, chiseled up me and Joe. Uh, and uh, I think, that, at that moment, I was like, okay, no, I need to do something with like nutrition because that's such a big component of this, and it's mm-hmm. going to help my clients in the long run. So I end up getting certified in nutrition, became an online nutrition coach, helping clients everywhere, and then Camp Gladiator got nutrition. And then um, it's weird because then as I'm posting about things, uh, I got to talk more about all of, the, all of the different ways that I've helped myself and my clients. People are seeing results. And, you know, it's just one of those things. One thing leads to another, and then Bart drops in my lap and says, Hey, Chad, I want to do a bodybuilding show. I have a coach. Here's this. It's going great, but I want to transition to you and make and make a run for it. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Okay, let's go. Because let's go. that was it. like this, honestly, Bart, for me, it was like it was like a pinnacle moment in my bodybuilding career nutrition experience because it's it's so fun to manipulate calories and to figure out what works for you because what works for you may not work for me or what may work for me is definitely not gonna work for you because we're two different people. Here's a good thing though folks I want you to understand Bart is also 6'4 roughly almost 6'5 he's about 230 pounds himself when he started I'm 6'5 230 so working on his calories has been a breeze is this the same for everyone no but it's worked out uh, in my favor. And that, and Bart, I'll have to give you props too. And I know we're going to move forward through this thing. Bart has been a perfect pupil, if I must say. He has questioned me at times. And all I say is, trust the process.
0: Trust the process. <laughs> you did it this morning. I said, I'm, I'm like, what about, I, what about this stuff in the back? I haven't lost all the fat. And he's like, trust the process. Because right now we're about four and a half weeks, less Mm -hmm. than four and a half weeks, really almost four weeks. It'll be Saturday before weeks out, and so we're we have about a week to go before we really ramp up, kind of the last part of the uh, of the diet to kind of get myself stage ready. And so, yeah, just chipping away. Yeah, and but Chad, I will. uh, You know, it's just been a it's been awesome training with you, you know, working with you and just. And uh, one of the things, a couple of things that I really enjoy about what we're doing is that you're, you're proactive. You know, you're giving me what's coming up next a week or so, because I'm, I'm a worrier, right? Like, I'm starting like, what's next? Uh-huh. And like, is it going to be good? Is it going to be hard? Do I need to go shopping? <laughs> and, and it's like, yeah. to get that stuff a week, week and a half out, I'm like, oh, I can go mentally prepare or like know that, like, hey, Bart, enjoy, enjoy all this you know, all these carbs now because three weeks out from the show, they're going away, right? Like we're oh, going yeah. back down to 150 carbs a day, you know, on, on workout days. And so, you know, it's, it's just an interesting thing, but I like your communication, your clarity, uh, just kind of handling the, the holistic part of it has been awesome. And of course, you know, the fact that I'm doing this natural too, and just, you know, there's, there's so many things that because I'm a natural bodybuilder, like you can't do with me that you could do with somebody who's, you know, using, you know, Anovar or test or something like that pre-show to keep all the muscle. And so I always have to think about that. It's like, man, you know, one of the goals is to keep muscle as we lose the body fat. And then we can't just be like hatchet job, like, you know, just, pulling all this, you know, all, everything out of our diet so that we like, you know, we and ended up like just overtraining and losing muscle and, and showing up. Yeah, really I mean, flat. I can make you so, skinny. I
1: don't want right. to make you skinny.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <No, no, no, laughs> We don't want that. Uh, okay, so talk about just talk about, you know, and this is, you know, you're talking about me, I guess, in this moment, but like, talk about how you were thinking about this, this 12 week journey, because I hired you 12 weeks out. Right? Yeah, it was kind of a perfect 12 weeks to go. And so talk about how you over how you thought about the 12 week journey and, and kind of just the thought process you've had over the you know, the last, uh, what, eight weeks.
1: Yeah. Um, honestly, like I was saying before, luckily you had a really strong foundation. You had already made a lot of progress and me and you had talked a little bit about your calories prior to this. So I kind of had a, mm-hmm. a, an idea of a roadmap I was going to take you down, uh, from that moment. Um, but most preps are like 16 weeks long anyway, and at 12 weeks, I knew that I could trim you down for the first four. Let's let let's do some, you know, like uh, as far as I'm going to give you a lot of volume in your workouts, so that way you're not using such high high weight uh, to just really push blood into the muscle, slow things down, have you burn as much calories as possible without doing a ton of cardio. Um And then pack you full of calories, right? So I knew that I could do it on the front end because after those four weeks, I was going to strip it from you for like Mm -hmm. a week and a week and a half um, to then chisel you down. So it's it's like a it's a fine line and and a little bit of a dance that you play with calories and the body is like I need you full enough to for your muscles to to look bigger on stage. I need them rounder. So I need to give you more calories so that you can do more in the gym, tear down the muscle, recover faster and maintain and build good solid muscle fibers on the flip side to that. I also need to make sure that we're leaning you down enough and that your fat is not so high uh, and your digestion is working, you know, optimally. So that way we're also burning more fat than we are anything else and maintaining muscle. Right? So I am, Really trying to manipulate you in that way, and so like I said, like enjoy the calories now that I just gave you back because I'm trying. Like right now, Bart's going through like a mini, like a mini bulk, like we'll call it a, a fat burning bulk right now, and he's like, dude, I don't know, I don't know. But I
0: would be like, dude, is are you sure? I would take. I literally texted him a picture of my plate. There was so much yeah. rice on it. I'm like, are you sure? This is how much is rice correct. you want? That is like, yeah That that's is right. correct. I'm
1: like, ah. Well, the, the thing about this, meals, way too. I couldn't
0: literally, literally the first couple of meals, I wasn't sure I was gonna be able to eat all that food. I think my stomach yeah. had shrunk from the last four weeks. And it yeah. was like, you, you want this much but like, here's the cool thing is like, you know, we started doing these, uh, these bike sprints, and the workouts were mm-hmm. hard, and you got the, still got the StairMaster at the end. And, you know, once my metabolism just like, was going crazy. I was hungry, like I was like, oh, I need every ounce of that. I need all those those chicken breasts. I need all yeah. that, you know, meat, and, 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 and That was my next nutrition. point. was like so. we've
1: set your metabolism up to be like I told you, like I'm setting you up to be an inferno of there's fat burning, because we've done all that before. Your body is ready to just uptake, uptake, uptake. And so you getting more calories is not gonna make you fat or hold you hold a bunch of weight. Instead, it's gonna go to the places we need it to go. But it's also an experimentation like I told you too, right? we got to see how your body reacts to it. If it, did, if it reacted negatively where all of a sudden you got bloated and puffy, oh, gosh, okay, we gotta, we got to eliminate, right? So that's how – unfortunately, that's how it works, but you responded beautifully to it. You're still responding really well to it. Like Bart won't admit to it, but he just did a back pose for me where it's a back lat spread, and you can actually see full rhomboids, delts. Everything is, is cutting all the way down to his low back his a spinae is just like popping. So, like, he doesn't know. It's like, okay, well, I'm holding uh, some I, love look, handles. I, I, I was,
0: it was mid workout yesterday. And it was, <laughs> I was, I, you, know, you can never really see your own back. So, you're like, you throw in the lat spread, you're, you're you know, you're get, trying to get it in the video. And then, but yeah, I mean, like, it's, not, that's so cool what, what's happened. You know, you think about dieting, you think, wow, I just kind of have what you have, right? Like, whatever you built over the bulk phase of your of, of, of kind of you know before prep you think okay that's what I got now I'm just going to lean out and try to hold as much as you can but I feel like honestly in the last you know eight weeks we've actually built my back like yeah. my back has gotten sh- not just sharper but like there like there are more muscles popping out especially inner back and the rhomboid yeah. area that is always a weak spot for me I was you know felt very flat in the middle back and in the rhomboids and kind of you know, decent in the, in some of the upper lats and traps. You know, and I so, got to
1: give, again, yeah. I got to give my, my coach, Matt Cousin, a lot of credit because he yeah. taught me this too, is that a lot of coaches make the mistake of eliminating food too early. Like you just keep taking, mm. taking, taking, and there's nothing left. And when your person gets on stage and they're flat and they're, they're skinny, then they don't look muscular anymore. They just look like a thin pencil on stage, especially those that are natural. Yeah. You're a natural athlete. I can't have you eating nothing just to make you skinny. Like you'll, you'll yeah. be shredded, but you'll look like a, like a you know a marathon runner up there compared to some of these other guys. So uh,
0: yeah, being being six four too. I mean, you're very tall like me. It's like you stretch all that muscle out. You know, it it, it can look very flat and very unimpressive quickly. Yes. If you don't do it yes. right. Yes.
1: But we're gonna do yeah. it right. Uh, I'm excited for the next few phases. Just you wait, Bart. It's going to get fun. Uh, I'm not going to give away all my secrets, but I, I will say that uh, we do have a solid game plan, even leading up to the day of, uh, night before and and morning of the show. I've got, just so you know, Bart has that. And then when you do meal you know, prepping and you do uh, contest prep, it is, you got to have a coach. If it's not, not me, if, if it's another coach, like have a coach that is going to, Literally dial you in to the minute you walk on that stage. It's got to be precise. It's got to be precise, and they yeah. got to care about that. Otherwise, it's just generic and not worth your money.
0: Yeah, and I'll tell you, and, and I'm sure it's different for everybody, but I, I will tell you, if you're listening to this, the mindset like awareness that I got recently, especially like since working with Chad, is that when a coach gives you everything you need, like a book like this is the workout this is how many seconds between reps this is like the rep count this is what i want here this is what the cardio like then you're not ever like figuring stuff out right you're not trying to figure out like do i do this is this good should i it is just the law like i walk into the gym i got 5 minutes of warm up on the tr- on the treadmill then i got 10 minutes of bike sprints then i got this and this i got my m- mobility and then i got to hit this you know, hour-long workout, and then I got 20 minutes. Like, it's just is what I do, right? And the same thing with the food. I meal prep. I get it all. I weigh it out, and it just becomes like a habit. And that is freedom. And that's what. At first, it's hard. You know, it's like, oh, I got to think of this stuff. I'm like, oh, I got three meetings back to back. Where am I getting my food in? Those things are frustrating at times. But if you don't, but you got to plan for them. But what I ma- what's magic about what you've done, Chad, is you've really just like laid it out. This is what you do for the workouts, for the meals, this and that. There's a little bit of flexibility like, oh, chicken versus turkey or, or, you know, red meat or or salmon, like giving me a couple options. But for the most part, it is, you know, lock solid. This is exactly what I need to do. And that gives me freedom to just do it and not have a bunch of, like, my brain power working on, like, what am I supposed to do today? You know, I just do execute the plan to the best of my ability is the best way for me on a day to day basis to get results. I say, how can I best execute my plan or Chad's plan in this sense?
1: And the and the other part of that too, is like you're talking about the mindset part of this as I I tell you and all my clients really is, is your goal when you attack the gym should not be like, did I miss a meal? What should I have had this? What should the reps be? Your only goal is to go in and think first place. How do I get to first place by coming in here pissed off at these weights? And I'm going to, I'm going to crush it. I'm an animal today because I've been fed. I know what I'm going to do. I have the game plan. It's been written out for me. I'm going to execute. Like you just said, I need to come in here and just crush it every day. If you do that every day, right? Just start stacking up. So it's a compound effect and it ends up with excellent results. So you do those things, and you have that mindset of you're a champion before you ever began to get near the stage. That's an edge that somebody else doesn't have that they're questioning every day. Ah, oh, is that the right thing? Should I do that? Oh, that seems like a lot of rice. I don't know. Like, uh, yeah. you just do, do it, and execute to the highest ability, just like you said.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I think too that I, I had this is underdog aspect of this being a natural bodybuilder doing an NPC show. And just for those listening, MPC doesn't mean that you are on steroids, but like it's a, they don't test. So they're gonna, they're gonna let anybody who is on or off, whatever they come and, you know, and compete at the same level. There's no, there's no testing. And so, so the fact that I know that I'm natural, all it means to me is there's like an internal voice that says like, you got to show up that much better just to like, just to be able to like take on those other, you know, 45 year old males, you know, in, in men's physique at the highest level.
1: That's, that's crazy in itself. So I, that's why I said you got to have a killer mentality coming into this thing because there are guys that are, are on gear. It's going to happen, uh at these shows and you know, the smaller guys look bigger than you anyway and you're a six, four, you know, lanky arms legs torso uh so you've got to train as hard if not harder but then you also have to come in with with the confidence about you because they also look for that so you can be on gear whatever that doesn't mean you're going to bring your best package or confidence on stage or posing presence all of those things have to come together to make you win so these guys that are on gear they could get last place and you being a natural, you can get you know first, second, or third. It doesn't matter. It's just whoever brings the best package that day, and brings that stage presence on top of everything else, and works the hardest that they're posing, so that they maximize the things that they have, uh, or I guess their best attributes. And if you have a if you have a bigger waist, make sure your angles are such that it makes you look like you have a small waist, right? So you have to figure that stuff out. Where maybe the guy next to you didn't do that. He's relying on the fact that he's, he's geared up. I don't know. His biceps are big. Who, who knows what, you know, they're coaching, what they're focusing on. Uh, so I'll say that. So yeah, you, you're, you are a bit of an underdog if you think about it that way. But at the same time, your preparation, your effort that has gone into your prep is above par, well above. So know that you've, you've done the work. Your dues have been paid (laughs) Uh, and that, you know, you're bringing, you're going to bring your best. That's all you can, that's all you can control. It's all you can handle. I mean, that's, that's all you need to go in with. And as as far as your mindset being forged around your prep here, going with like this mindset for yourself that I could not have done anything more than what I've done to bring my best package.
0: Well, and it's really uh, one of the other kind of pieces of this, and I think this is this translates to smarter versus working. Like, there's a, the idea that, like, oh, if I just go on another run, if I just, you know, do some more push-ups or sit-ups or, you know, you know, it's like there's more to do, there's more to do, and there's this kind of, like, manic desperation yeah. of, like, somebody who's preparing for a marathon, a bodybuilding show, anything, right? Where they're just... That they just think, well, hey, I just got to do more. I just got to run more miles. I got to do more sit ups. I got to do this. And that doesn't really work, right? Like, it's about having a program that like has a long term strategy of taking you from where you are to where you want to be. And then trusting that and doing within the confines of that program, doing it to the best of your ability. Yep. Right. Because I could be like, man, I feel great today. I'm going to go ahead and. Do 20 more minutes on the Stairmaster. That'll be great. I'll tell Chad, Chad, I did 40 minutes today. You know, but understanding that, like, no, it's not about doing 20 extra minutes. It's about doing the work the best of your ability with the intensity and the and the kind of focus that it demands. And then letting that be enough. Yeah. Letting that be what it's supposed to be on that day knowing you got to get water, knowing you got to get, you know, nutrition, know you got to get a good night's sleep. You can't over fatigue your, your nervous system, all that kind of stuff. Taking a day off every, you know, I found that if I two days on of like this kind of this training requires one day off. Like if I can have that rhythm through, cause I've done three days on and I, I could on that third day, I can feel my body like lagging. Like I just don't have a full tank. Right. And I said, because of the diet, because of the intensity of the workouts, the volume, all that kind of stuff. And that's that's a big thing that I've noticed. So.
1: Well, and, you know, there's such a thing as overtraining, right? You know this. And same mm-hmm. thing goes with bodybuilding. Uh, your body will actually fall apart. You'll start holding water. You'll do all these things because inflammation starts to build in the joints and the muscles because you're overtraining. So the growth really happens on the days off anyway. So, yeah, you're killing yourself during those workouts, sure, but you don't actually – are not making any improvements in the gym. You're making all of the gains and all of the you – know, you're shredding up when you're resting, when you're sleeping. Those are the moments that are important. If you're doing that right, you're way far beyond the person that's like, yeah, 20 extra minutes on that treadmill. Why? I didn't tell you to do that. So now you're putting too much stress on your body. Right. So, yeah, it's – that's exactly what you said, but yeah those those moments of rest are so crucial for growth, yeah. and that's deep that goes that's, on, that's that, a life thing <laughs>
0: I know it's a life thing too and that like i i you know I'm a coach, you know I train people i I have personal clients, I do camp Gladiator, all that kind of stuff i I just revel in having a coach having someone to give me what I try to give other people, right like. You know just having somebody in your corner like telling you what to do like giving you that feedback you know and sometimes it's like today like trust the process bart calm the hell down let's <laughs> yeah. go we got this you know don't get freaked out because you got a little bit of back fat that you're worried about you know four weeks right. out from the show you're going to be okay right and so you know my my recommendation if you're listening to this like you know hire chad hire someone like chad myself whoever Get yourself a coach for something you're working on doing because that is what, A, you're going to get to where you want to be a lot in a, in a lot better shape because you're going to know with somebody who's already done it before, understands how to do it, and can prep you for it. Uh, and just having that guidance, that, that, that uh, support is key. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Couldn't agree more.
0: So, hey, uh, we're going to drop this. This is coming out uh, here in uh, mid March. Right around spring break, Chad's got about a month before his first uh, first professional football debut. Yeah, baby, uh, Charleston Pirates. It's gonna be epic. Uh, and you know, if you're if you're someone who's got a business, you'll want to sponsor a football team. They are looking for uh, sponsors for the football team. So uh, reach out to Chad if you want any more information on that. Uh, we want to make sure that uh, that he's got some good. He's got some. You know, companies and people like you know, football is a great way to to get uh, to get your brand out there, that kind of stuff. So, uh, Charleston Pirates are looking for more sponsors. So, reach yeah. out to Chad for any information like that, and of course, reach out to Chad if you need yourself a prep coach hey, or a nutrition. Yeah,
1: coach. for any any Brilliant. of the above. But let me any one more the. thing about the sponsorship thing, which is super yeah. important and big on my heart. Before we take off on this thing, yeah, is uh, just like in coaching. Right. Everything I do has a has a bigger purpose and meaning behind it. I want all my clients to grow exponentially uh, for themselves. Well, with the pirates, the sponsorships, and all those things. Uh, what we're trying to actually do with that is one to take care of players that are moving here from other cities. We're trying to make sure that they have a wonderful experience. But bigger than that, uh, and Bart, you won't be surprised when I say this, but the other thing is, is I'm trying to get the city. Or the team actually to infiltrate the city and give back to the community in big ways, like going to children's hospitals, doing food drives, having big block parties, and things like that, where we get to bring the community and rally around each other to just say, "Hey, let's use our platform for the good, the the betterment of our society." Yes, and also to grow these men that are coming up through this pro league that are not 40, uh, so that they can lead families, lead communities in a much better way themselves. And so we're here to inspire. And to grow and to build, and we can't do that without you. So that's my my plug and, and big ask on that is uh, above all else, man, this this is about, this is more than just football.
0: Yeah, and that's what I love about you, Ch- you know, Chad. For most people, it would be like, man, I got my shot. I'm gonna be a professional footballer. I don't want to distract myself with anything else. You're always looking big picture. You're always looking how can this, could be a community-based thing? How can we bring the pirates to the community of Charleston and create, you know, create connection there. So man, proud of you. Can't wait to see man, how all this goes. You. Uh, we'll get all that information in the show notes and get this out so people can uh, listen and, uh, find different ways to support.
1: Hey man, I, I love you. I appreciate you. Thanks for allowing me to come on here to mindset forge.
0: All right, Chad Hitchcock giving us the goods. So like I mentioned, April, he's going to have his first professional football game quarterback. Uh, It's a big deal. So definitely follow him. You can find him on Instagram. Check the show notes for his Instagram handle. And if you're interested in coaching, contest prep, something like that, Chad can be your guy. Uh, Definitely reach out to him. I'll drop his uh, email in there too if you want to send him a message. And like I mentioned at the beginning, this is the last episode of season four. I'm going to take a little hiatus. Uh, While I'm on the hiatus, definitely recommend you going back and checking out some of my greatest hits. A couple in the sports realm. If you did not hear, Luke Walton, NBA champ, uh, great interview, he's my cousin, so we go into a lot of detail about like him growing up with his dad, Bill his mindset working with Kobe and all that kind of stuff just being a winner at the highest level Uh, another one I loved was Phil Daru Phil and I are actually gonna be doing some work together this summer on a tour Uh, he is somebody you need to follow Phil Daru the Daru Strong podcast he is an absolutely like the highest level as a trainer MMA strength and conditioning coach and athlete himself so got to listen to that one Uh, what else uh, a couple more. Andrew Samonsky, Broadway singer, amazing guy. Great story. Dealt with you know alcoholism. Got sober. Kind of figured out his authentic voice. Went beyond just his looks and his presentation and found that vulnerable, like relatable side that so many people can really relate to as a as a leading man. I love his interview. And recently, I had an episode with actor Laura Cayouette, who was on Friends. She was uh, in the movie Django Unchained. Has done multiple movies with Quentin Tarantino, including Kill Bill 2, but has a great story, just powerful mindset around how she made it, what she does to show up at her best for those performances, auditions, her as a writer now, and just advice she has for young actors, writers, and people in the performance art space. So highly recommend those three. There's a lot of great ones, but those would be the three. If you haven't checked those out, go check those out before my next season shows up uh, later this spring. All right, thanks again for listening to the Mindset Forge podcast.